Hey, this next podcast that you're about to listen to on Dog Training with Patrick is a very good one. I really enjoyed this family. Uh, it's a lot of fun um, seeing something completely different here where the dog has started to become territorial. I wouldn't say fully territorial, but is acting in a way of fear. And to be able to exploit that and see that and show the owners um, what was actually happening, that it wasn't just a straight-out aggression. I mean, it is aggression, but it's not you know where the dog is being malicious the dog just wants out of there and so a lot of times the dog will be unsure and then right now it's just going to come up and try and nip you and then run back to its safe space and kennel i wish this whole thing would have recorded great um but it didn't as so many times when i feel like i i'm doing a really good job with this i must something must have hit the button to stop it or whatnot because i'm on the move so i'm not really paying attention to whether or not the thing's actually recording or not and every now and again I will move some things and then it'll just it'll just click off and um, I do apologize but that's that's what you get when you're the 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 director producer and actor and all of the and all this mess but uh, you know it was really cool we one of the first times I've ever done a session um, with no power we ended up having a tornado warning during the session and uh, made it real legit, you know, like definitely changing the shadows and everything so the dog has a lot of exposure to something different. And I'm not sure we actually got into the actual part where I work with her and the dog as I come back into the home because as soon as I came outside and came back in, he reacted the same way, growling, upset, that that kind of thing, and I showed her how to utilize this. Um, And in case if it's not there, it's, it's very simple, you know, Bodhi was, is this really good guy. Um, he just really misunderstood. It just seems to calm down so much when you actually um, show him what you need from him versus allowing him to act out in his fear. And so that's what we did. We, you know, we put the leash on him. I went back and did the, uh, I went back and opened, got, you know, got invited in the door. And she ended up becoming between me, him, me and him allowed me to come in but I was able to turn around and direct her full attention on him and let her let him know that she did not appreciate the growl and that that's not how it was going to work and so what ended up happening was you start to see him just kind of go oh I got relieved and then we started playing some games and he then he made a decision um, very happily to come over and sniff me and then she called him back and she rewarded that and really the whole situation is, is is revolving around marking the good behaviors and also marking the bad so you have you know the the, the, the reward marker usually is yes or good job uh, and then it's followed by lots of pet and praise and so when you know when you bring a dog that's kind of somewhat nervous but is still using their nose and that's what this this dog would usually do is he would use his nose and then he would get nervous. And so as soon as the dog would start to sniff me, I encouraged her to call the dog back. As soon as she did, she pet and praised, um, then asked the dog to sit again while I moved even closer. And eventually the dog could care less that I was there. And so that ended up becoming a really good positive experience. And I always will say a, lot, oh, a way that you discipline the dog is if you use a no reward marker and you do no and then versus whatever type of correction you do use, whether or not you use pressure, social pressure, punishment, whatever it is that you decide to do on that, um, make sure you utilize the word no so the dog knows that there's something else coming. You want to be fair to the dog to where if you say the word no, um, the dog does understand that there's a follow-through, but the dog has a chance to correct itself. And so that's what I mean when I say by being fair. It's like if I tell my child, 
do not climb that or do not throw this and he goes and throws it again and I say this is the last time if you throw it again I will da 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 and if he understands your follow through and trusts and respects you and knows that it's serious guess what he knows what da 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 da, da is going to end up turning into and he doesn't want that so as soon as he hears the word no as a marker he has a chance to correct himself he corrects himself you immediately reward in that same breath so it, it becomes a uh, it becomes an in the moment type thing. There's no time for time out. It's just you constantly rewarding and correcting in those moments of one to two seconds, and that's what the dog's life ends up becoming. And these experiences is just the lots of one to two seconds. So this this ended up recording about forty minutes of the session. I think I ended up being there for about an hour and a half. So do apologize you missed a whole hour of it, but it was a very fun, very informative podcast and I'm man I'm like kicking myself in the ass because I really wanted you guys to listen to this one is a really good one and just like anything you know uh, I'm I'm fully engaged with my client so it's it's sorry that the audio did cut out I wish you guys could have heard the rest of it I think there was some real value in this and I and I there's value from the beginning all the way up so I'm very excited to be able to bring to the bring to you this is this one is Bodhi this is a uh, consultation um, and I was just happy to be there some amazing people and the dog is absolutely gorgeous I wish I would have got a picture of the dog but okay go ahead and enjoy it and thank you we'll see you next time bing bing it seems like when people's here it's like he just wants to we'll put him in there and get him down like call him submissive okay and then we'll grab a leash out okay and then he'll like run around and he'll like wag and kind of happy to see people and then he kind of goes back to clamming up Trying to, he almost reminds me of like trying to hurt you up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're walking around and he wants to kind of step at you. He likes to be in front, like he'll like push people so that he can be in front of them. Like uh, people, like you guys, he'll push to be in front, or is it just the people he that? A times or does he want to like do that to the new people that come in? Like he wants to direct them where he needs them to go. People. Okay. <laughs> well, there a couple of weeks ago he was having an issue at, at the back door. Remember? I'd try to walk in, mm-hmm. he'd always try to jump in front of me. Mm-hmm. So I started making him sit out there, and then I'd walk in, mm-hmm. and then I'd make him wait until So what kind of what kind of things have you done to try and help minimize that behavior where he's increasing seems like he's increasingly getting to a point where he's annoyed, uh, like with people coming over, and then he gets to that point where it's just like I don't know what to do next as far as socialization goes with this person. Well, like yeah. Becca, she was our first one. Well, not our first, but she no, was but the first one when we broke, tried that collar. I broke the shocker collar out of him. Is she, is, she, is she a friend? Or? Yeah. Okay. yeah, she's one of my son's friends. One of your son's friends she's come over. Okay. So he was trying to, she's like, oh, he's so cute. And everybody, that's his main problem is everybody's like, he's an adorable dog and they mm-hmm. want to love him to death. And then he's like, actually, like a jerk. But he turns so fast. Yeah, yeah so like he's, he's like wagging his tail, butt's moving, and then all of a sudden he just gets into it. Then. Yeah, just, you yeah. just like immediately. Yeah, Eyes dilates, tenses up. Yeah, he's great. I, I shocked him, and it broke him from trying to nip at her. Okay. So but he was getting ready to go, so go into that. So touch that moment of where he see it looking, mm-hmm. then that's when I brought off him. Well, I didn't really hit him hard. I, I did the vibrate first. Yeah. It didn't work, so I went ahead and zapped zap him. Yeah. But we haven't been consistent with that. Um, when, when's the, when, when did you guys start noticing him do that? How long have you had 
He did it some in Granite, a little bit. A little bit. And um, he, I hate to use the word, but he profiled a little more when we were in Granite, and now it seems like it's everybody. Yeah. Well, sometimes the move can do that. So, like, you, so like you take something, and you look at it the way the dog's looking at it, and it says, this way has worked for me here in some instances, but I'm comfortable here. And you take the dog out of an environment that he's comfortable in and you move him into something that is completely different, doesn't know why he's going here. All he knows is what's normal and this, as safe as you guys. And so you bring him into this unfamiliar place and then he's, he's now going, well, what got things away from me before that was scary when I did it every now and again, now I'm gonna go ahead and double down on it because I'm scared. Uh, ultimately is what happens. And sometimes when they get to the sociability part where they go, okay, I've sniffed, I've wagged my tail, I've done all this stuff, then they go, well, what's next? And that's the what's next in their mind is what causes them to have certain behaviors like where they will do the nip or they'll stiffen up. And the big thing is, is not to, uh, like if you have to shock him at that point when, he's, when he changes, it's the, 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 the best part is to stop him before that happens. So as soon as he sniffs somebody, and he's happy, he's happy to go lucky, and they pet him a couple times, then it's time to call him over there and mark his behavior, reward him, and then let him try again. Okay. So what you're saying is, I love what you just did, because now nothing's negative, right? No, nobody's gonna be related to him getting shocked. Nobody's gonna be related to him getting, uh, you know, manhandled, yeah, in a way, or whatever, whatever it is that you, you've right. done in the past. Chucked in the, chucked in the kennel or whatever. So, so now, the, now, the, now, the, now the greeting, um, comes up, they sniff, and you give, her, give him like two or three seconds, and then you, you bring him back and say, hey, you did a good job. Reward, pet, praise, whatever you want, and then rinse, wash, and repeat until he understands that this new person over means play. Okay, that's probably one of the best ways to do it. It's hard because you gotta watch. Like, you gotta be very diligent, and you don't wanna let it go on too long. So, if you're like, I feel good about two seconds, then that's where you start. But he gets, the, he gets the initial interaction, his sister, and says, I'm wagging my tail and I'm happy-go-lucky. That's where you're going to mark and say, that's how we want you to be around this person. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, he's not a food-driven dog. He's not, he's, not, he's not much of an a-treat type thing. He likes, he likes his chicken treats in the morning. He likes his chicken treats. Have you, ever, have you ever used something that's a little bit more powerful, like a hot dog or, or yeah, chicken? He, he doesn't he, care. In that moment, he doesn't care? We training okay. with bacon. Bacon bits, like yeah. bacon bits real bacon bits, you know, you can buy in the package. Yes. Mm -hmm. I totally found them. Allergic gluten. We think oh, he's, gluten he's got allergy. an allergy. So we just stayed away from all that, and we haven't had some issues. All that processed junk. Issues. Okay. So we just stay away from it. Yeah, and, and so one of the things, if he absolutely loves petting and being with you, then that's what I would use. I would use whatever is something that he finds of value, and if you can at least, if he's happy in that moment, then he's happy. It's not like he's happy and then he's going... I'm gonna be mean next. It's I'm happy, and then as soon as I'm comfortable, done smelling, that's when the trigger happens because he's like, he's like, okay, this was fun. I, was, I smelled now. Now I'm oh crap. Now I get to be visual, and usually with the smelling part is great because that's social, right? That's when they come in, they go, oh, I'm gonna be social, I'm gonna be social, I'm gonna be social, and they don't really pay attention to their eyes. It's after they are done with their nose and gather all the information they're gonna get. All of a sudden, the eyes come into play, and then they go. And then they stiffen up. So it's about, yeah. In that respect. Yeah. So when they come in, it's like, you know, sniff, 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 
which is great because you, if he loses that, then it's all visual. Then it's just like, I am not letting nothing through the door. That's when it becomes really bad because then you have to reteach him. Well, right now you got a, you got, you got a couple seconds. He comes in, people smell, then he, then he turns. And then happens is when he, des when he decides I'm not using my nose anymore at all, you have to wait until he actually gives you access to use the nose, which would be in a crate, something like that, and then start out small and then come back and have him actually interact. Because um, sometimes he's like that. Like, like when I just came, came in, he was very much, he's like, I've never met you. <laughs> don't like you. <laughs> don't want to make sure that you know. Does he like playing ball, anything like that? He loves and, playing like any, any, type, any type of thing he can do to chase. Yeah. Um, and that's what's something that you, you, could, you could utilize. And so one of the things that I did with my dog, who was very much didn't like people to come over, I can see if I can walk over to him and see what he does. <clears throat> and see, see his, his viewpoint on the ball. See what the ball? But if you can see, so when they, when, they, when they lose the sociability part of them, they become more prey-driven. So the sociability part of them is smell. And then as soon as they lose that, they become more prey. Um, so whatever their eyes lock on becomes a target. And that's kind of like how they use their eyes. So their eyes are more horizontal. They go out. We're more binocular. We, we take in a lot more through our eyes than we do than they do through theirs. That's why they don't necessarily, some of them don't care what's on the TV. They're just like, they hear the sounds. And it's just like, they just don't care. He, they, they, just don't, they just don't even care that it's on. Because it, to them, it's like, it doesn't, even, it doesn't even register anything. It's not, you know, it's not in this world, <laughs> per, per se. And so for them, when they see a ball or something, or even a person, they, the only thing that they're doing is locking on with their eyes. They're just very visual. I'm going to go, I'm going to lock on, and now I'm just going to see movement. And so that becomes more prey drive, more prey driven, and they can use it as bad. Like I said, you know, if they're not being social, then they're using their eyes. As soon as they use their nose and they gather information, then it's like, what do I do with this information I just gathered? And that's sometimes where they get mixed up and where you have to come in and say, let me show you what you do with that information. So you have two choices. You can either, you can either ha when, he, when he shows that information, you can either say, I agree with you, get him out of here. <laughs> or you can sit there and say, no, 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 it's love. You know, and you associate the whole experience with that. And then you can put him away and then ask him to come back out and winter wash and repeat. And that's what you want to do. You want to continuously do as many times as you possibly can with the same person. And then he goes into the next person. He does it the same amount of time, so he goes, "Okay, I do this with all people that come in the home, that are invited in the home." Now, in here, he's different than what he is if we just take him in the backyard. So, like, if we took him in the backyard, he'd be completely fine with me. Yeah. Okay. We got far enough away from the house. And we got far enough away from the house. Well, even at the party that we just had. Yeah. I mean, everybody was kind of underneath the deck here. Oh yeah, he did good. And that. hanging out, and he was fine. It was whenever you walk in the door, and mm -hmm. now you're at his zone. Well, yeah, so, and, that's, and that's, that's pretty normal. So he, he's just got a little bit of territorialness in there, but it's not, he's, he, the way he utilizes territorialness is he's not looking for direction on it. In the beginning, he may have, and I, how long have you had him? Two years? This Christmas will be three. Three years? Three. And is, three since like a puppy, is he like a puppy? No, he was a year old. He was a year old when you got him, so he was. Department picked him up and okay. they gave him the Humane Society, and that's where we got him at the Humane Society. And so that, that with him being three years, so you may have missed the first year of his life, but it doesn't, it doesn't really, 
doesn't matter too much as long as you you got a couple couple weeks window where the dog has learned behavior from the past. He has that learned stuff that keeps him alive. What he's doing is learning how to assimilate that kind of behavior in the home that he's in now. Because it's a learned behavior, it survived one time. It got him to survive one time, so it's learned, it's in there. So now they're gonna, they're gonna wait and figure out where they can implement their survival strategies. And so if, he, if he's already learned, it's just like if I teach a dog sit, and I lure the dog into sit, 20 times and then I offer the dog a treat but I don't give him the treat and he sniffs my hand and he goes after my hand and eventually he stops and looks at me and then puts his butt on the ground and then the treat opens up same behavior he's learned so he's learned to survive a certain way so I'm telling him is if you want what's in my hand think about what you were doing to get it and then it, then all of a sudden he sits on the ground and he gets fed so that's exactly how they learn to just overall things, so these things imprint around him. Like, you know, if he was out looking, you know, investigating the woods and he came across a poisonous snake, he was smelling it and tracking it, and he came across a poisonous snake and the snake bit him, I guarantee you, and he smells that smell again in the air, he goes the other way. Because that association was not going to be pleasant because then it's rushed to the vet, it's like all this antibiotics, he almost died. You know, all this stuff happens, but he gets related to that feeling and that smell, he relates to what just happened. And so just like anything else, as soon as he smells somebody comes in and he actually is smelling and is, and is, and is, and is, uh, and is happy about it at that moment, and then you re-encourage that happiness by calling him over and breaking him of that concentration so he never becomes that visual, but you break him of that and you say, and you bring him back over and you say, yes, and you start playing with him and getting amped up even more through excitement, then he starts to learn and says, okay, when people come over, this is what I do. And then you start having, then you can, then you can scale back and say, now I can discipline because he's going to be jumping on everybody because he wants to greet everybody. Okay. But that, but, but at, at the beginning, you want to get to a point where it's a, just a positive experience all around. And then when you have a positive experience, then you can in, interpret discipline into it. So how do we do that? I guess like, like when you come in the door and he was automatically, all right. like yeah. we... So, so position is very important. Um, so if he's already like that. One thing that you do, you, you want to know is if somebody's coming over and you know they're coming over, and I don't know how, how many times you have visitors or you have no idea that they're coming over, which is probably like zero to none, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rarely. I mean, like, unless the neighbors are like, hey. Um, but, the, uh, but at the end of the day, I would have him leashed. I would kind of let him do his thing. If he's growling and letting out warnings, I would not. I would, I would, I would take position, and I would, I, would, I would have him in a different position. I would actually take the lead and tell him I want him back. So if he growls, I would then move forward on him and ask him to, I would keep breaking his concentration so he never gets set, so I would keep walking him backwards. Um, but I would not let, I would keep making him look around, do his best he can to look around, but I would keep him in motion of doing something different. I would say, no, we're gonna let this person in. And I would disagree with him up front instead of disagree with him up here. Because when he's up here, you can't, you can't give him any communication. All you're doing is creating a tension spot where the dog is in more of a position to lunge into the pressure. And so if I'm pushing him back, I can communicate my whole body to him that says, I disapprove of that behavior. And when he chooses something different, when he actually starts to smell, that's when you can come back and, and reward that. Praise him. Yeah. Because he doesn't have to go up and put his nose right on somebody. Nobody has to come and pet him. But we have to teach him how and how he's going to interact at the door. And the, and the way to do that is get him on his, use his nose. Because when he's using his nose, he's not going to be aggressive. He's just not. It's when he stops using his nose as he becomes aggressive. I didn't know that about dogs. 
<laughs> yeah, well, their, their nose receptor is 40 times bigger. Their, their olfactory system is 40 times bigger than ours in, our, in their nose. 40 times. It means they can smell 10, almost 10 million more receptors than we have. Okay, so they see through their nose. At the end of the day, their eyes are their eyes are shit. They don't. They're, 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 they're colorblind. The reason why they when they have a rat, the reason why the rabbit stops in the yard when the dog's outside, or when there's a or when there's a predator like the dog outside, the reason why the rabbit stops is because he's camouflaged in the yard. The only way that dog is going to figure it out is by continuously smelling and getting closer and closer until that rabbit spooks. And, but the reason is is he can't see it. And he doesn't trust his eyes to see it. Ours, we have so many more receptors in our eyes that we can, we can look down there and pinpoint exactly where a rabbit is or a squirrel is out there. We can see it from a good distance. Yeah, a good distance. They can. That's like as soon as it moves, then, then they're like, aha, that's the smell I was tracking. And they don't lose it because now this is related to the eyes and the nose. So if they lose it through the eyes, they'll pick it up through the scent, and they never lose it. If that's what they're actually hunting, if, that's a sophisticated hunt. I'm talking like a wolf. I'm talking like a dog. They'll be like, oh, I lost it. But you can teach them all. You can keep teach them to do all different kinds of things with their nose. You can use a tennis ball. You can, I mean, even that's even you're like, hey, buddy, pick up the tennis ball. I know it's it's like right there, right in front of your nose, and they're sitting there. They don't trust it. <laughs> Yellow's yellow out there. I mean, that's what they see grass as is just bright yellow. They don't. Oh, I mean, notice that with the ball. Like, it'll be like right there. He'll follow it. Yeah. The minute he loses it, or that ball clicks yeah. out. Yeah. Then, then he's like, like Yeah, he's back to the <laughs> And it's like literally right in front of you. <laughs> and you're well, saying, I got a frisbee laying out there still because he just lost it. No, I picked it up in front oh, of it. It's, like, it's like you toss it. <laughs> I tossed It's like you toss it and like you threw it too far and he doesn't see it anymore. It's like he just, yeah. he kind of like gives up and he's like looking at you like, Yeah, and he takes sticks. Or he's like, You, you gonna help me? <laughs> like, or if you throw it and he's not like, if you don't throw it in the direction that he's looking to where he can't pick it up while it's moving. Yeah, it's yeah, and it's it's forget about it. Yeah, and that's and that's how it is. It's because it just all blends in. And they see lots of grays and yellows, and that's really all they see. They don't see any type of color, you know, like us. Like you know, it's hard for us to see a deer out there. I mean, they're just well camouflaged. But I mean, we could actually see it eventually. Right. But like a lot of times, it's it's weird. Like uh, deers will stay like 20, only about 10 or 20 feet back if they really want to get in your garden. They'll just watch you all day, 20 feet back in the woods, and you can't even see them. It's crazy. Um, they're, they're a lot closer to us than we think they are. <laughs> Same thing with coyotes and all that. But, um, but when, it comes to, when it comes to, he can only do one specific thing at a time. So if he's using his nose, he's all in on using his nose at that moment. He is not thinking about anything else. It's when he becomes visual, that's when the, that's when the predator side of him will come out. And first, it's just all, all, I'm gathering information, gathering information, gathering information. That's all it is. That's all it is. It's like I'm fig figure, figuring your name out. You know, I right. But when we first got him, I was pretty adamant about we need to get the Nikki and get, well, you found Nikki, but mm -hmm. uh, we wanted to get him trained. Mm -hmm. We wanted to make sure she could handle it because mm -hmm. that dog was a lot bigger. Yeah. She had a neck operation. I mean, oh, the dog okay. was going to try to drag her throughout the yard. Mm -hmm. So when we found him, he was a little bit smaller, and we put him in that training with Nikki and them at, what was it, the Critter Camp? Or Critter whatever? Camp, yeah. yeah. And I mean, he was doing good. Then he became the class clown. What do you mean? He he might as well put a clown suit on. I mean, he, he just was, said do anything. He, well, he, he was no. doing good, but then it was like something switched in him where he got real comfortable, uh -huh. and then he just wanted to be the big clown. He wanted to go play with the dogs and goof yeah. off. And so he got really, he, he just started to settle, and yeah. so he felt really good and about it. He was actually okay, and he was fine around animals at that point. Now he's, he's not, not so like good. The people 
You're just kind of like, yeah, and, and like I said, a lot of, a lot of times oh, a stress of a move could really exploit that. So there could have always been something there. And then now the, the stress of moving to a different place can really bring that out of a dog. Just because um, if he was looking to you before and he wasn't getting a response, so they, a lot of times they'll look to you for help in a certain situation, whether or not they feel insecure or not, because that's what they do. They just look to you. If you hold, hold something out that they want, whether it's a tennis ball or anything, eventually he'll sit there and he'll be like, are you going to throw it? <laughs> Or, or he, he loses one of his favorite toys underneath the couch. He'll sit there and, and paw it, paw it, paw it, and then all of a sudden he's just like staring at you. Are you gonna get it for me? He'll sit there and whine. Whatever he can do to get your attention, he will do utilize that until you help him. And that's the same way when he gets stressed or scared, he will utilize something to sit the, like give you a chance to say, "What do I do? How do you help me?" And if those, if, those, if those things that he's sending you, those signals that he's sending, sending you just get mixed up because we're too engaged, we're opening the door, we're engaged, you know, with our guests, we're not, you know, we're just like, sit there, you know, we got you, and we're bringing them in, we're missing some of the signals that are silent to him that are saying, I'm terrified. I, did not, I don't know what to do. What do you need from me when this happens? You know, all these different things that could be happening inside his mind, we just don't know, but something is just a trigger that's saying, hey, I don't feel, I don't feel comfortable. Now he's starting, to, he's falling asleep. He feels safe in there. Right, that's his little safe spot. That's his little safe spot. Yeah, he'll put himself in there. He'll do that, yeah. He's yeah. Really can't open it. Like, I've, I've been here at work, or off work, and I'll be laying up on the couch. And he'll just he'll lay in there? He'll sit up here. Mm -hmm. A lot of times he'll just go over there and go lay in that, or he'll lay up on that bed there and look out the window. Mm-hmm. My other dogs have done that too. Like I just leave the door open. That's like their little room. It's a little room. Yeah. And he also uses it like, like if he gets to a point where you can tell he's really overwhelmed beyond the point of nipping or whatever, he just goes to his kennel. Yeah. So he gets overwhelmed with fear, and the, and the nipping's not working. Then he. Then he. Then he. He flights. So it's all based around fear of I don't know what to do. That's a big indicator of I don't know what to do. So if I got room to run. I'm gonna nip and run, and I don't want to hang around. I have want, I really want nothing to do with you. I'm gonna do my best to get you out of here. <laughs> you just have to teach them. Yeah. So, like I said, having some kind of some kind of restraint on them. If mean, you have the prong collar, that's great. But I would not. I would not utilize a super big correction. I would utilize space and pressure, so you can at least tell him no. But I would not let him be in front to where you're pulling back. It's better that you have better. Um, what do you call it? Uh, leverage if you're between him and what he doesn't like. See, now I've seen Caesar do that before. Like, you know, somebody come in the door and then dog's on this side and the person gets in between, the, the owner gets in between the person coming in and the dog. Yeah. And then he just creates the space. Yes. Essentially, yeah. So, so just like anything, so if you don't want him in there and you want him to start to be okay with the people, but I would always leave that open. I mean, that's, it's, 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 it's open enough in the home that it's not like, it's not like you got something draped over it, and if somebody comes in there, he can he can be aggressive in there. He doesn't feel like he can be aggressive in there because it's it's open. But if you start draping things on four on on the three sides, and people stick their hand in there, well now he feels like he's got the den, and his mouth is the is the is, is, leave it like this. Yeah, yeah. Don't 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 give him any more power where he has an advantage. Right now he does have an advantage. He's in there. If I want to go in there and get him out, I got to deal with the mouth, right? He does have the advantage. But as far as overall experience with people coming in if that's where he wants to be when they're here great when people come out if he, if he decides to come out and be social when people are here it's fine 
He can come out and be social. Just be there to reward his behavior. So the longer people are here and the more, this, this, is why we, this is why I believe in crate training when you bring a dog home for two weeks or whatever, or, or if you foster a dog, it's because you put them in there. That dog's new to you just like you're new to him. And now all of a sudden all the different people are coming in and out of the house for two weeks. He's like, oh, yeah, I smell them. So they're okay. They're, they don't mean nothing. Oh, yeah, they're okay. They're fine. And eventually the, the, they get like this even when people come in the home. And then you can start opening the crate more and letting them out more and all this other kind of stuff. And all of a sudden you know, they're just... Yeah, just, yeah, just. What are your thoughts on, I've never in my life used one, but <laughs> a friend suggested that you could put a soft muzzle on him and let him run around among people. What are your thoughts on muzzles? Well, I mean, I muzzles are, mu muzzles are a great tool if I don't, if you don't want to get, if you know that he's going to bite. So like what they do if for more for you than they do for him, but what they do for you is they help you relax. Um, you got to relax. If you're scared. He, that he, or he won't relax. Or he will not relax. He'll be like. Every time this person, every time somebody new comes here, or every time a person comes in here, my people get real tense, and it's only when they come in here. Because when they're here, just with me and us two, they're relaxed, they're cool, they give me pet, they love on me. It's it's no big deal. But it's only when that, only when somebody with two legs walks through that door, do they get tense and unsure. So now I got to protect. And it's hard because it's about him, <laughs> right? What he's gonna do, so right? In, in your mind, it's about him. In his mind, it's about what's coming through the door and the environment change. The environment changes for him, and that's what he associates the environment change. So just the environment change can be you guys, the way you guys feel about it, the way you guys do it, you know. And, that, and that's the thing. Right now, he's not, he's, not, he's not expressing any type of uncertainty towards me. He is laying down. <clears throat> and like I said, so this is as far as he'll, he want me to come. Right now he's all visual. He hasn't, he's not using his nose. You can see that. So he's all visual. So I'm not going to move any further. Once he decides I'm not a threat at this position, I can move closer. So I'm challenging him slowly. Right. But I'm not challenging him in a way that I'm, I'm directing myself to him because I'm not here to dominate him at all. That's, that's not my job. <laughs> like my job is to help people understand where it's coming from. Because if I go in there and I just take over, I can, I can hurt him more than to develop a trust game with him. So like if I develop trust with him to the ball or whatever it is that I play with him with, then I have access to correct him. But if I don't, I can, I can, I can sit there and make him even more defensive when somebody new that he's never experienced comes over because if, they, if, if, if I interact with him in a way that is a little bit more aggressive or manhandling type, that can, that can send a signal to him that says other people are bad too. And I want to become more of a friend, and so I'll take my time with him. And so and that's what everybody should come in and with that aspect of like, hey, let's 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 become friends, um, so that way they they go at his pace. And so this here is avoiding. He's completely. I'm just going to look out the window and hope he doesn't come near me anymore. So you see his ears moving back and forth. He's definitely listening, oh. but he uh, but he goes into this avoidance mode here, where he's saying, really don't want to be around around what's happening. And there he goes. Now he's back to back to moving over because we made a move, and so he's gonna, gonna be a little bit more visual, but he is relaxed. It's not like he's, he's, not like he's stiff and he's avoiding. It's not like, right. he's just saying, I'm not 100% comfortable yet. If he was, he'd be facing the other way, panting, sitting straight up, going, get me out of here, I'm gonna play, <laughs> like that kind of thing. But he's not, he's, he's more grounded himself, and he's this, this long sit, this say, I'm giving you my back, and now he's, he's got his head between there, but he's, he's still, Popping the eyes up, you know, 
And so, <clears throat> like yeah. And so anytime, that, anytime you see him like that and he stretches his head back, he's a little bit stressed, even though he's looking like he's relaxed. <laughs> yeah. So our other issue, and again, Sonic granted, but more so since we moved, is that he um, poops and pees in the basement. In the basement. When we're gone. Sometimes when we're just in the backyard. So is that where he stays when you guys leave? Is in no, the basement. Is he ju you just leave him out. Okay, but that's where he feels like he goes. And we've crated him a time or two, not lately, but well, I used to crate him all the time because that's what I did with my dogs, and then we started leaving him out. Mm -hmm. and, and that's okay. Crated, he's never had an issue. Right, so it's not it's not anxiety then. It's just this is what I started doing. It's just a habit. He, you know, the reason why he doesn't go up here is because he's probably up here more. Well, he goes <laughs> up here once. Every once in a while. Yeah, I got a gated. So, Sometimes okay. you have an accident. So that's that's just where he's decided that that when when that experience happens, I just go there and go downstairs. Um, it's more. It starts to become more of a habit. Um, I always tell people to make sure that they do have a, a week period, a grace period of repotty training, different smells, different different things, different environment. It, it allows you to recertify that he knows he's going outside. Anytime I deal with a foster or a board and train dog, mm -hmm. I do two or three days of potty train, retrain, because it's a different environment. They don't bring their experiences with them. All they know is that this is new. And, and, so, and so it's in there, again, that <laughs> it's, it's all in there to say, I go outside, I know I go outside, but I forget, because it's not, it's not the same four walls, it's not the same... Right. Things don't smell the same. Yeah, and then and then all of a sudden he started going down there, for whatever reason. Maybe he had to go. He just didn't finish outside. Whatever. And then he went downstairs. He relieved himself, and he said, "Okay, I'm going to go down here." And so it just he just got tripped up a little bit. I don't think it has anything to do with anxiety. Has it? Has, it the, if he has never gone in the kennel, if you guys have left him in the kennel, he's never gone in the kennel when you've been here. If they have anxiety, they don't care. Okay. You'd, you'd have come home, and he'd been swimming in it. It had been all over him. It had been slung on the walls, everything. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because because he would get up and he would try and get it out, and he would he was he would paw at it, he would dig at it, dig at it until he got out of the kennel and try and clean it up himself. Oh, right. So sometimes he would eat sometimes it too. Sometimes we went outside and like he'll be sitting there at the the whole time. If we're out there and we don't have him in his kennel, mm -hmm. he sits there and whines and cries and he'll run downstairs and run upstairs. It's like total separation anxiety. Yeah, well. Yeah, it's there's there's a difference in that than there's a difference in leaving. So there's a, if he can see you, he he wants to be with you. You're his life. But as soon as you let step outside the door, he knows the routine of getting ready. And if you're not seeing any type of unsureness, whining, pacing, things like that, he's not having anxiety when you leave. He only has anxiety when he there's something blocking him from you. And he knows you're there. He's like morning routine. He's fine in the morning. He doesn't we, care. We leave, we do your thing. We have like a routine. Well, yeah. And it's the most consistent part of your day other than going to bed. Right. And so he knows it. I get up and let him out. And then he gets his little treats. And when we leave, and sometimes, okay, so I forget stuff a lot. I'll come back in. And sometimes he'll be laying on bed looking out the window. I mean, he's not obviously running around. No, like, I mean, he's not, we're here. he's not doing it. Yeah. He doesn't do that. Like you and you're outside just trying to, trying to relax. That doesn't happen. It's when the only time you see, the only time the anxiety happens and it's in this totally normal is when he knows his life is outside. 
and he's not. And he's not with you. Well, most of the time when we're out there doing that and he's running around like that, we'll come back in. He's peed in the floor there right next to the door. Yeah, and that's, that'll trigger anxiety. With the, the pacing and stuff, that is anxiety for sure. That, that, that wouldn't and, it, and, and there's, there's ways that you can go about fixing that, and it's just about short spurts. So um, by teaching him to lie down, by teaching him to do different things before you go outside, so you ask him to wait, but as long as he knows when you come back, he knows you're going to come back inside pretty quickly. But it's about keeping that, uh, keeping the understanding that you're not going anywhere, uh, and it's not, it's not like, uh, and you're not, ta you're not telling to tell him to, you're not disciplining him from the sense. It's just like you go, you go outside and you come in. Before you even shut the door, you make sure he's relaxed. So he gets, the, you know, if you get ready to shut the door and he's already, you know, pacing because he doesn't want you to go outside. I would stop there. That's where you need to work first. It's not about going outside where it starts. It's about going towards the doors where it starts. So the anxiety, once he, once he gets into the anxiety, he doesn't do any, he can't do anything else other than be in that state. Um, you, as soon as you go outside, you just, you just complete it full circle. But if you, if you do things to a dog, if you work with a dog, you start to see it. Uh, whether it's, Dog's scared to go on a car ride. You get your keys and you grab the leash and you bring the car and you pop the back of the trunk up and all of a sudden now the dog is shivering. That's where you work. You don't work when you get the dog in the car. You work before you get the dog in the car. So before he actually starts to throw, show anxiety or before or the first instance that you see anxiety when you're getting ready to go outside and if you're grilling or you're just going to eat outside or whatever, that's where you work. Right. Because that otherwise, otherwise you're going to be like, well, how do I work with him when I'm outside? It's, it doesn't start when you're outside. It starts before you go outside. Something is triggering it. Yeah. Well, here lately, we've just been putting him in the kennel. We know we're going to go out there. And, go and he doesn't go in the kennel even though, no, he, no. He, he, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't go to the bathroom in the kennel when you're outside, when you're home. Yeah, even, yeah, even those times when and, he's out of the kennel, he'd be super. It does, and when you look at him, does he look relaxed in there like this? Does he, does he kind of? He's, he, he ends up relaxing in there, then that's what I would do. Every single time I would go outside, I'd put him in the crate. I'd allow him to see me and, and experience me. And then every time I'd come in, I'd reward him yeah. with some kind of love, whatever he loves to do, whatever it is he loves. Just, it, practice, just practice that. Just, just practice it. Yeah, just practice it in and out okay. with, with him in the crate, in and out, in and out. And then as soon as, every time you come in, open the crate, shower him with love. And as soon as he's done, or whatever it is he likes. If he likes to taste the ball, throw the ball uh, down the hall or something once or twice, right. and then and then and then ask him to go, and then ask him to go back in the crate. And as soon as he goes back in the crate, rinse, wash, and repeat. Right. And then start trying it without the crate. Like maybe block if you can. I don't know if you have baby gates or something. Maybe block a certain area off where he's only in this area. And that way he doesn't get in the habit of pacing, because the habit of pacing just intensifies. Right. We don't have much in the way. Of well, but we had the door in that bedroom, so we could use the bedroom, right? Like close the door. Yeah, you just close the door. A bedroom versus. A crib. Yeah, so, so yeah, so if you're looking to expand somewhere that he can still see you outside, would be great. So and then eventually, because what you want to do, what you don't want him to do is you don't want him to get still stay in the habit. As soon as you walk outside, the habit of pacing may come back, and so you want to make sure that's blocked. So if you so you start to graduate into something different or try something different. That's what I would do. I would, I would try that bedroom because, you, one, you're changing the environment. So you have an opportunity to, to change his behavior very quickly 
when you change the environment. And then, then after he's, he just lays maybe and watches you out the door, and you come back in and he knows he's going to get that love, give him that love or whatever it is that you choose to do with him, and then try it out here. But I would give it, if, like, you know, I always say, like, have like a 90, 95% success rate. So if you do it, make sure you do it, you know, 18 out of 20 times in here before you progress some of the neck because then it's in there. Then he's, then he's got this new habit going. He's happy. He likes the outcome. You guys like the outcome. And then he feels good about it. And then that way, that way you're not trying to move too fast. A lot of people move too fast. And they're like, what you got to create with a dog is you got to create an understanding because they're learning our language. You know, we got to, you know, the, at the end of the day, we demand that they know what we do, that what we want. We demand it. And, at the, and, the, and a lot of times we miss what they need. And so that patience and that, that, uh, that distance takes time. It's such a, oh, that worked for him. I'll go back to do that. So we're also learning as well when, when we work with them. So it's like patience is the biggest thing. You can't mess the dog up through patience. <laughs> it just takes longer. And I, and I, think, I think at the end of the day, when, when both parties get it right, he's got more confidence and he's happy. I know with Nike and we're like that. Every Wednesday or something. Was it was it the uh, was it an intermediate or no, did you just, just a beginner? Just a beginner. Okay. Two sessions. We did two sessions. Yeah, I think I did two sessions. Two sessions. Then. But I worked with them. Like never uh, went to class and worked with them. Mm-hmm. But I did, and then when I was in town, I would walk with them every day mm-hmm. on the leash. Yeah. Out here, we just walk in the woods with yeah. no leash. Okay. <laughs> and I don't yeah. know if that. Well, the well the structure does help. So um, it, it does, you don't have to do it all the time. Maybe you bring the leash out once or twice a week and walk with him with the leash so you have that extra structure. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you do it all the time. What matters is, is you reinforce and you, and you go back to it and you say, okay. Don't forget that. Don't, yeah, don't, well, don't forget this, but you solidify the, the bond. It's, it's more about bonding when you, when you ask the dog to be next to you, you know, versus, when the do- oh, versus when the dog runs through the woods with you. It, if it, if, I don't know. I don't know. Daisy's not blinking. Daisy's oh. cage not blinking. Yeah, you didn't like me coming that close, did you? Oh. Ooh, that picked up fast. So what do you... Busy, busy, busy out there. Look at the tree. I know. I was yeah. here watching you and you I was kept like, fading. I was, I, was like, like, I, was like, I was hoping maybe I didn't stay here too long. <laughs> it is busy. Is there a... So what do you um, have any suggestions as far as like... Oh, there went the power. Oh, your power. <laughs> oh, there it comes there back go. on. <laughs> here it comes. So, so suggestions like as far as... I don't know, like... Um, I mean, you've given us a lot of stuff that we can work on and do. Mm-hmm. Are there, um, is there any way that you should be involved that would? Could yeah, I mean, I can, <laughs> I can, I can, I can definitely come back and be a mock dummy. Um, no, I mean, like, well, I mean, the thing is, is I can coach you through the experiences. Okay. So, like, I can be the person that he's not okay with, and I can help you work with him. Okay. I don't right. mind. I'm not. I'm not going to be scared of him in a way. You know what I mean? Like. Right. If he bites me, that 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 that, that unfortunately does hap- that, that that can happen, and I don't want you know. It's like I said. So whatever you feel comfortable using, if you use a muzzle, if you don't, you know th- that kind of thing. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna challenge him in a way where I'm just gonna run up on him. I'm gonna let you guys work to the point where you feel comfortable, 
And so that, that's the biggest thing is, but you have to get over the point of, of not feeling comfortable. 